0: Hello again. This is Ramon, and I am back with, if I may, episode number four of 400. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Episode number four. I mean, who knows? We'll see. Ideally, yes, actually. Um, So, moving on from the last, previous episode, um, there are a few things at the end of this personality test that I kind of wanted to just go over that i found interesting i didn't notice before just didn't give much detail uh, much attention to uh first is um they have to begin we'll look at your personality profile uh so there's four they have four temperament types the temperament types were created by psychologist david Kiersey. oh that's ironic my um i was talking to my aunt and she just shared one of his books would you understand me? I think. Uh, with me earlier today, so that's ironic. Um, but yeah, by uh, psychologist David Keirsey. I may be saying that wrong. Uh, K e i r s e y. Who used them to describe essential themes in the way people think and behave? Temperament is a broad way of care- categorizing people than is a broader way of categorizing people than personality type. And is thus helpful as a quick way of understanding what drives people. Each temperament has each temperament type describes a, a particular way of approaching the world. The first type is the or are the empath's. Uh, empath personality types are creative, imaginative, compassionate, focus, uh, and focused on the possibilities for people in society. They want to heal other people, connect on a deep level, and use their unique style of expression to change the world. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, it's like the theme of ha- of all my content so far. Uh, and yes, INFJ tend to be very, it's stereotypical, <laughs> uh, but very on point for INFJ to be very empathetic. Next is the theorist temperament. Serious personality types are analytical, critical, questioning, and focused on innovative ideas. The way they want to use their powers of logic and reason to overhaul systems, improve efficiency, and manifest their visions of what could be. That's so, it's crazy to like, it's so funny to see, like, I say something in a certain way, like, and then I go and like read about it, and boom, like, it's described. Using the exact same words that I initially used. I love that. It's, it's funny. It's awesome. Uh, third is the preservers. Preserver personality types are sensible, organized, stable, and focused on upholding traditions and institutions. They want to ensure that things are done correctly, that rules are followed, and that people take their place, their proper place in society. And lastly, the fourth is the responders. Responder personality types are adaptable, down-to-earth, practical, and focused on living in the moment. They want to develop useful skills, master the physical world, and enjoy all the sensory pleasures that life has to offer. And so, hold on, there's a graph I'm going to blow up and give you guys a sec. I have one hand right now, so it's kind of difficult for me to hold hold my mic and then as well as transition uh so that's why there's a little scuffling in the background of the previous podcast as well as this one. one second uh empathy I fall into forty eight pers- forty eight percentile in that temperament theorist. 36 percent preserver 10 percent and responder five percent and i'd say for me that's that's pretty accurate i i'm very empathetic that for sure that's probably for sure number one theorist is definitely close number two um out of these temperaments uh yeah those are both very accurate and then the other two 10 and five that also seems pretty accurate as far as yeah i think that's pretty spot on in in those respects uh, let's see. Oh, so they have um, your scores and the sixteen personality types. So seeing how my scores match up against the other sixteen types. So of course INFJ, the counselor, is my number one. Um. The ca- the introverted or extroverted counterpart INFJ. I'm a se- uh, the teacher. I'm a seventy percent match. INTJ, 77% match. INTJ, the mastermind. ENTJ, the commander, 60%. ENFP, the champion, 51% match. INFP, the healer, 67% match. INTP, the architect, 57% match. ENTP, the inventor, a 41% match. ESFP, the performer, 27% match. I'm definitely not a censor. ISFP, the composer, 43% match. ISTP, the craftsman, a 33% match. ESTP, the dynamo, 17% match. ESFJ, the provider, 46% match. ISFJ, the protector, 62. ISTJ, the inspector, uh, 52. And the supervisor, ESTJ, 36 and so yeah i feel this is also pretty accurate for me i have questioned many times if i and i think a lot of infj do this as well with this type specifically but i've often questioned questioned when i'm in the more rational sense of myself the more thinking sense of myself if i am actually an intj as opposed to an infj um but i did so, i've done some research as well and i definitely am an infj but i do have tendencies towards intj as infj is 86% match and then intj is 77 my second highest ENFJ, i think um i in, when i initially took the uh it was the 16 personalities test and this was like uh, over 10 years ago this was back in like 2013 2014 maybe 2014 2015 I think I got ENFJ. And I think it was ENFJ because at that time um I was younger. <laughs> I was a little more outgoing than I am for sure. And most of my like but most of my outside involvement was at work with a small group of coworkers who I got along with really well and was very open with probably too much too open, but they but um they but, like, friends forever. Like, I'm friends with them even to this day. So, uh, with a few of them. The, with the originals, the OGs. Uh, and then, like, going out to the club, basically. So, and when I went out, I I literally would just go out and, like, dance. I like, hip-hop dancing. By myself. Most of the time. For the longest time. For years. Uh, and so... And I really enjoyed it. And so, I think due to, one, the fact that I would go out all the time and really enjoyed it. And two the fact that and I didn't party or do much when I was much younger so this was like I was 22 23 so it was me kind of coming into my my young adult self and times I missed out as a teenager that some a lot of other people you know like they're doing similar things as a teenager so this was my time me catching up on all t- uh, catching up for a good time sake um, but yeah as well as um, input Because I took this test at work, I'm pretty sure. I I know I did. If I didn't, no, I did. I did. So I remember, you know, they uh, kind of gave some input as I read the questions. I kind of read them out loud. So some of the input was kind of swayed by outside opinions. So it may have been originally an INFJ too, if those two things weren't in play. And I think that's what those are the two things that gave me that initial result of INFJ. I believe it was INFJ, it was INFJ or INFP. But I think it was probably, looking at this, it was probably, uh, sorry, it was ENFJ or ENFP. And looking at this, I believe it was for sure ENFJ. Uh, but yeah, and then my least, just looking at my two lowest matches, which would be the Dynamo and ESTP, which, yeah, complete complete opposite um, personality type in, in every respect, so that's understandable and then uh the uh, and the perform the performer yeah the performer hold on sorry. Um. Yeah, the performer. The dynamo and the performer. And the performer is an ESFP. So, yeah. Makes sense. And Moving forward, if I may. So then it follows um, basically a focus specifically on the generalities of the INFJ personality type so it says you're guided by a deep con- a deep considered set of personal values you're intensely idealistic and can clearly imagine a happier and more perfect future you can become discouraged by the harsh realities of the present you're typically motivated and persistent in taking positive action nonetheless <clears throat> you feel an intrinsic drive to do what you can to make the world a better place accurate uh, your core values idealism yes authenticity yours perceptiveness which is ironic because we're judgers as opposed to perceivers but and so uh a value that focuses on perceptiveness is interesting but i i, I don't think it's uh i i realize i don't think they're it it means it in that way. Sorry for all my stuttering. And then the last one's intimacy. Also true uh, for me. Your key motivators, inspiring positive change, fostering cooperation, understanding others, and finding meaning in work and relationships. All very true. You want a meaningful life and deep connections with other people. You do not tend to share yourself freely except via this podcast. <laughs> But appreciate emotional intimacy with a select committed few. Although your rich inner life can sometimes make you seem mysterious or private to others, you profoundly value authentic connections with people you trust. You have a unique ability to intuit intuit t- intuit others' emotions and motivations. Sorry, got hung up on that word. And will often know how someone else is feeling before the person knows himself you know you you trust your insights about others and have strong faith in your ability to read people although you are sensitive you are also reserved you are a private sort and are selective about sharing intimate thoughts and feelings also very accurate it's funny i just read a meme a few minutes ago an infj meme like infj facts and it was like few people will like an infj but an INFJ will like even fewer. <laughs> like oh that's that's accurate. Uh how others see you. Yeah, this mm, ironic too. Uh you often appear quiet, caring and sensitive and maybe fond and maybe found listening alternatively to someone else's ideas or concerns. You are highly perceptive about people and want to help others achieve understanding. You're not afraid of complex personal problems. In fact, you're quite complex yourself and have a rich inner life that few are privy to. The, you reflect at length on issues of ethics and feel things deeply. Because you initially appear so gentle and reserved, it may surprise, you may surprise others with your intensity when one of your values is threatened or called into question. Your calm exterior bellies the complexity of your inner world. Be lies? I think belies. Be lies, bellies. Regardless. Because you're such a complex person, you may be reluctant to engage with others who might not understand or appreciate you and can thus be hard to get to know. Thus far be hard to get and yeah, can thus be man my, I'm sorry guys, I'm I'm uh I guess I'm crashing a little bit. Uh it's fine <laughs> Being hard on myself. Although you want to get along with others and support them in their goals you are fiercely loyal to your own systems and values and will not follow others down a path that does not feel authentic to you. When you sense your values are being are not being respected and when your intuition tells you that someone's inten- intentions are not pure, you are likely to withdraw. Also true. Communication style. You are reserved about communication. I don't know how accurate this is for me. Well, as... Initially, and when I first learned about being an INFJ and saw my nature in general, I mean, for the most part, yes, I am not really reserved or hesitant about communic- uh, Well, communicating for communication's sake, not some yes, but if I feel that something needs to be communicated or is worth communicating, and and has value, and or has value, then uh, I don't really hesitate to communicate it and two it's because in part maybe too because i realized how efficiently and effectively that i can communicate at time. like that i can communicate when the need arises but i wanted to have value and meaning in the circumstance otherwise yes i will reserve the right to speak and uphold my fifth amendment you are a careful support you are a careful supportive listener and search for meaning and information you take in. You think deeply and need time to process and evaluate before you are ready to share your ideas. <coughs> I'm going to discuss this a little more, too. I One thing with the Myers-Briggs uh, typology is it's that that differs for sure from I know the Enneagram and maybe others as well Is it can be and it's worse I think with the 16 personalities which is why a lot of people um, will refer you to other testing for this particular test and the reason is the perspective of this theory is over it can be could potentially be overly positive like of course We want to look at the good in ourselves and see the good in ourselves. At the same time, we want to look at the struggles in ourselves in the same light. It really dives into what's good about you and why it's good and all this. But it does often fail or fall short in expressing the dangers or the shadow. Carl Jung really got into the shadow. And that's something I'll get into for sure in the future too. But into your shadow self, which is basically the part of you that your mind um almost suppresses and hides from your conscious self it's the part of you that you don't really like it's the dark side of yourself it's um yeah it's 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 your weaknesses basically um it's the opposite of all these things that they name and uh i was thinking about in the, in this in respect to the communication style specifically and um uh, based on a pre- uh, conversation i had earlier today this this communication style can that is it's accurate but there's some darkness in it that can be in it um and though infj can be very altruistic by nature they can also be very evil um, ju- the same ability to do good that they have, they have an equal equivalent ability to do bad. <laughs> you know, the same ability they have to uplift the world, equivalently they can light the world on fire. And this is seen through people like Hitler, who was supposedly an INFJ, more than likely an INFJ, uh, and. I realize this in myself. And almost, for the most part, it's it's as as a defense mechanism due to past pain, trauma, and hurt. But I will... Part of the reason that I am a careful, supportive listener and search for meaning and information I take in is to protect myself. A large portion of it, I would say. More often than not, it's more to protect myself than it is to do good for other people. Ideally, it would be solely to do good for other people but the world is pretty cold and pretty harsh at times and so many of what many of the things that make up our personality are really our mind's way of protecting us from previously traumatic experiences especially in our childhood and early development (coughs) namely but the response the innate response is is that and so then the dark side of the communication style is that we do use it to protect ourselves more than anything and I realized that because I am such a good listener and really dive into understanding other people I have a an ability to misuse that information or abuse that information the potential is there more often than not I don't do it And when I do do it, it's usually in response to someone pushing me too far. And I realize, like, it sounds cold and it sounds really, like, I don't know, conceited, like, in my head, full of myself. But at the same time, I know a lot of other INFJ can relate. I've seen and uh, I've read and heard how being an INFJ and, like, you see through people, like, you have, like, x-ray vision... So when it comes to people pushing me like that, like I could literally destroy people mentally, psychologically if I wanted to. Like there are very few times and it's usually when that back, the famous INFJ door slam occurs that I will push every button that I know that person has or poke, you know, poke at every soft point that I know. And normally they're very deep. And the other problem comes in that sometimes I'm not trying to do that or I accidentally take it too far. So I push a button that I know is a button and maybe I just don't realize how sensitive of a button it is. And I push it at just the wrong time and I realize and have to catch myself. And most of the time it works out okay. you know. I'd say, you know, I, of course show great, show strong, like remorse. You know, I'm very apologetic in that do what I can to make up for it and stay away from it moving forward unless the time arises that I need to pull it out. And I realize that the closer that I am to someone, the more power that I have to do such. And it's not anything that I want to do. And it's really a defense mechanism. And the other part of it is that I can simultaneously become very cold and turn on the thinking portion of myself, which the thinking portion of myself grabs onto. The thinking portion of myself takes the rationale that they're attempting to use on me and flips it on them and it man it's cold it's yeah <laughs> it's poisonous it's toxic it's, it's 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 it can be very bad and like i said it's very infrequent that that ever happens and it's been a while since it has happened but there are circumstances and things that happen in life sometimes that you know or i get poked and it 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 reminds me Of that uh, ability and it's just it's ironic because I don't have to touch them it's just in pure communication it's just in taking knowledge that I have and sharing it (laughs) the same way I am now just in a way that I know will have psychological effects on the person negative psychological effects on the person they're being shared with but not to be too cold. But yeah, that's that's one of the things that I've noticed. With this, um, as an INFJ, and specifically, and, and with the, the uh, Myers-Briggs typology. A relationship style. You have a strong sense of integrity. And are close, closest with those who respect your values. Very much so. You are supportive and encouraging. And love to help your friends and family by sharing your creative ideas for their personal development. Your creativity also helps you to avoid conflicts with your problem-solving skills, helping you to maintain a harmonious environment. And you desire uh, deep emotional connections and work hard to build intimacy and authenticity in your relationships and friendships, to be honest. It can be hard to that deepness that INFJs seek to... makes it hard sometimes to build friendships because the potential is always there. Like, if you get to know someone long enough, you know, through baby steps, most anyone, you can find that intimacy or closeness with with proper mutual respect and value. But INFJs are, like, on go mode all the time. So we, you know, we take interest and it just... We latch on, you know, and it's it's hard, and we have to consciously hold ourselves back and limit ourselves so as to not overwhelm, you know, the party receiving our intense uh, curiosity. And um, two, you know, from that's shows in our being the counselor, the counseling type. We also have to be careful about not being too much of a problem solver, you know, not because sometimes people aren't always looking for an answer. So we have to find in ourselves a way to judge and balance by listening, by, you know, constructively listening, actively listening to see if the person needs and is looking for in that certain circumstance, you know, an answer, a solution, or maybe just, you know, someone to vent to. But the intent shows for sure for INFJ. Um, INFJ communicate by expressing quiet support recognizing potential possibilities seeking authentic connections processing ideas internally yeah and processing uh, ideas internally i think a lot of that too is more so how we're connected but they have this section that says you connect by being open and authentic sharing emotions encouraging inner growth and organizing time with loved ones maybe so Um, In that sense, I feel a lot of the ways that it says we communicate are also how I want to be, prefer to be communicated to. Um, But that's kind of tough to ask for from someone else. (laughs) Personality at work. Uh, work. Your ideal work environment focused on humanitarian values, fostering, learning, and advancement, supportive and encouraging, organized, and efficient. Your ideal working roles visionary idealist gentle teacher compassionate humanitarian individual advocate leadership style your leadership strengths inspiring cooperation encouraging person, personal development valuing diverse, diverse perspectives and sharing a global vision teamwork style accommodating to the needs of others fulfilling commitments developing creative solutions and organizing people and ideas and then there's a list of top careers. I won't go into that, but I feel like it's for me, most of them are interesting. Some of them are not interesting at all. Like, I just don't think I would enjoy it personally. Um, but maybe other INFJ, like, I would maybe be good at it, but I just wouldn't enjoy it. So, and I feel like maybe for other INFJ, they would feel the same. Um, but some of them, uh, like graphic designers on here, something I've looked into as well already. So musician, technical writer, stuff like that. Like A lot of the stuff I'm interested in is just finding an avenue to get into it, you know. Just because you want to be in something, it's sometimes a little harder to, especially when you're an INFJ with multiple passions and bounces around different careers a lot of times. Like me, it's kind of hard you know you can always start at entry level so trying to bounce around while continuing to grow is is probably the real part that's difficult uh, but here's to hoping it's part of what makes me me uh, and if i may There's one last thing with this test that I want to go over. One last piece of information they shared. And it's uh, one opportunity, well, two, I guess. Opportunities for excellence and potential pitfalls. Opportunities for excellence. Use your emotional sensitivity to maintain an atmosphere of cooperation. Be an advocate for others to make sure everyone's input is valued. Seek out opportunities to put your understanding of people to good use. Your natural insight will help you to create effective solutions. Keep the lines of communication open. You are straightforward and honest, which inspires trust. Find ways to exhibit your loyalty to people, causes that matter to you, uh, and causes that matter to you. Your work ethic and persistence will earn you a reputation as a team player. Pitfalls. Become more comfortable with giving others constructive criticism. It is often the best peop- best way for people to learn. And grow. For me personally. I think the opposite is. The bigger pitfall. At least something that I struggle with more. And it's receiving constructive criticism. Uh, and. Two because. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's bit my judging too. Because you know. I. My, or my cynicism. It, but. I don't want. Unrequested criticism. For one. For two, most of the time people are criticizing me. It's not to benefit me. It's not constructive. Most of the time people criticize each other in general. It's not constructive. And if someone doesn't know me nor understand my understanding of whatever the topic is and they try to give me constructive criticism, it still doesn't come across right for me. But I feel... I should be a little more open. Like, the second someone goes to criticize me, especially in times where I'm, like, vulnerable or not sure of myself, it's so irritating. Because it's like they don't give me the time to learn before they criticize what I'm doing. Like, let me experiment and find some comfortability before you do. But that's just me. I don't... I'm curious to hear find what other how other inha feel about that Uh, the next try to tailor your message to your audience you like ideas theories but others need details and specific and specifics sorry in order to get behind your cause don't be afraid to manage people i agree with the manage people that's kind of tough i always feel like bad Especially if I don't have that role. Like it's not a it, well, it's not a labeled or given role. But there have been plenty of times where it's not a labeled or given role. But I've needed to do so. And then times where I've needed to do so, Like and did. And then times where I needed to do so and didn't. And in both times. Like it's kind of awkward and hard to do. Especially under those circumstances. You have to shy away from giving people direction. But sometimes people need guidance in order to be productive. Make sure that your efforts are not taken for granted. You often prefer not to speak up for yourself, but you may become resentful if you are given the recognition. You, if you aren't give, are not given the recognition you deserve, this is something that I realized really, genuinely recently, uh, especially listening to Jordan Peterson, because he talks a lot about this and, and uh, I guess somewhat of a fear, like uh, this fear of becoming resentful, um, because it all. Om- being resentful removes a lot of opportunity, for, you know, for you. If you're so focused on how wrong something is, then how can you, you know, fully experience it and make anything out of it if that's your only focus? And that's, I feel, the pitfall of of resentfulness. And I, uh, with work especially, like uh, a couple weeks ago, actually, I shared. I've started doing it with my last job. And then um continuing it, but being more open when I being more standing up for myself, basically. And at the end of the day, it at least feels good for me, because at least I spoke at least someone, you know, and this is someone is me, uh, you know, stood up for myself, even if it's not received well or. You know, it's not. Yeah, if it's not received well or, you know. Like, you don't get a response or that kind of thing. But I remember a couple of weeks ago, and actually on a, several occasions, I've written into work about some issues that I've had. And it's very, like, <laughs> intense, but extremely professional. Um, and a couple of weeks ago, I did the same thing. And, like, it's very, like, <laughs> it's, it is clear, <laughs> you know, clear. My my displeasure is voiced clearly, and the reasoning for it voiced very clearly and very professionally. So, n- nothing that, you know, that I could, that's necessarily gonna get me fired in an instant, but it's not gonna make me look good to the higher ups. When in corporate hierarchies, it tends to be traditionally, you know, we're above you, so you just do what we say and don't ask questions. And it's not so much that way now, uh, at least actively in a passive way it is and that's the business politics side of it that I'm talking about but um yeah I did write a very sternly stated email towards to my manager and supervisor about I mean yeah just how I was feeling I mean about feeling like I'm not being given the recognition that I deserve um and that I was clear about you know what I wanted out of the job in the beginning and that since I've started every opportunity that's come up I've been declined uh, you know or or the opportunity's been removed or you know it's like always something like always some excuse or a <laughs> Um, and uh, the same thing happened at a previous job and this went on for years at a previous job on this one I I've only been at for, you know, just under a year, but, and I guess in a, in a way I'm a little angsty, but it's because I don't want to end up in the same circumstance again. You know, I want to improve and progress. And then if not, then I just don't want to care. I'm going to do what I need to do and find a way to, you know, either find another job or find a way to work for myself. And, uh, I mean, ideally I would like to work for myself, so Um, But, you know, until I find the money and avenue to do that, I will keep looking, put my efforts elsewhere. Uh, And if I may, moving on to the big five personality test, the five factors of personality. The first factor is openness. Openness describes an individual's tendency to think in complex, abstract ways. Ironic. Uh, People who are high in openness are abstract thinkers, while people who are low in openness are concrete thinkers. My score, 98% out of 100 (laughs) for openness. The average score is 58%, so I'm extremely high in openness. Very comfortable with abstract ideas. Enjoy talking and thinking about theories and concepts uh, that are unproven. Especially, oh, appreciative appreciative of creative, original, innovative ideas and enjoy thinking about the future and what it might hold. Because they, Because they appreciate ideas for their own sake, they usually enjoy the arts and other cultural pursuits. People who are low in openness are concrete, straightforward thinkers. They distrust ideas and theories and do not have practical, real-world... That... Sorry. That do not have real, practical, world applications. Real-world, practical applications. (laughs) Uh, They prefer tradition in conventional ways over new, untested ideas. They are more realistic than creative and often have difficulty imagining things that they have not personally experienced. Because of this they may be interested in trying new experiences, preferring instead to stick with what they know. People uh, who are high in openness are creative, unconventional, imaginative, original, artistic. People low in openness are practical, traditional, conventional, conservative, and habitual. And my openness really shows in and this is a good um demonstration uh, 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 not really demonstration, but uh, can also be it's similar to what um, how I described how I think in the first podcast you know how it's it's very like like a spider web uh, and it's that abstract that abstract thought process that I have. That's extremely high ninety eight percent out of a hundred so extremely high um and therefore, yeah find it can often find it troublesome to it's weird maybe I think maybe I've gotten good at it at this point for me, but people, especially other people with. Like, in general, and I still find it troublesome sometimes, but clearly getting across my thought patterns, maybe that's what it is, like, yeah, explaining my thought pattern on how I came to a certain conclusion, it's very lengthy, you know, it, like, I can do it, it's just very lengthy, it's hard for me to do it in a short, um, concise manner. And still feel that I'm accurate and being true to the real answer, whereas uh, other people I feel it's so specific, and that's also something I have trouble with in understanding others from time to time. It's for for me, and it's kind of a little epiphany moment in itself. But like I, yeah, I think so complex my the way my mind works that when other people like literally come to conclusions through such simple thought processes it just like astounds me and i guess in some ways i have like a superiority complex because i am such a great abstract thinker and have such great openness but similarly i have like uh you know a burden complex and other things too but it's not a god complex at least (laughs) but no uh anyways um yeah like And maybe that's this is just a quick realization for me that it's just a difference in thinking. It's not that one is necessarily worse than the other. You know, it's not that mine is better and they're just not meeting it. uh, Or that theirs is better and I'm just too complicated. You know, it's just different ways of thinking. And I feel this probably kind of correlates to and coincides with my ADHD. And maybe a small sign of why it's so intense as far as my mind just non like just like going non stop, you know. Um, but yeah, it's really I like it. I it's it's nice to I'm very, very like I've read a lot in Myers Briggs. So kind of reading these others, it's like another fresh perspective. And even though some of it is the same, it's different at the same time. Like it's a different description of the of a similar perspective. And I really like it. The second one is uh the second um aspect the second they call it factor that's what they call them the second factor is conscientiousness conscientiousness describes a person's tendency to be persistent and determined in achieving their goals people who are high in conscientiousness tend to work hard to put their plans into action while people who are low in this trait tend to change course and get distracted easily minus 67 Average is percent sixty-seven out of hundred. Average is fifty-five. Um, yeah, and persistence. I can be very persistent. I think subliminally, I'm very persistent. With few, like with dreams or ambitions that are f- much further out in the future, like they're always there in the back of my head, and everything that I do, and ev- all the precursor or smaller dreams. Are I still see as stepping stones sort stepping stones towards those bigger dreams. Like they still fall in line, and if they don't, then I, it's not something I really show much vested interest in at all. Um, but yeah, highly conscientious people are hardworking and responsible. They have a high degree of willpower and resist temptation and distractions to stay focused on their goals. I do, but. If I feel lost. Then it makes it very difficult. Or unfulfilled. Or like I'm not achieving something. Then it makes it very difficult for me to. Um, to do that. And that's where my ADHD kind of kicks in as well. In. The routine part. And the. Yeah. Conscientious people are able to delay gratification. But a lot of it. Okay. I'm kind of like assessing myself while reading this sorry but and and trying to make you know good correlations obviously but yeah it's i need to read more about this for myself (laughs) yeah um low conscientious people are less interested in long-term goals and more interested in responding in the moment yeah i'm very future oriented for sure high conscientious people orderly dependable determined ambitious and dutiful Uh, low-conscientious, spontaneous, adaptable, impulsive, disorganized, and haphazard. Extroversion is the third factor, aspect. Extroversion describes a person's tendency to be energized by being around other people versus by being by oneself. Extroverts are energized by socializing with others, while introverts, people with low extroversion, are energized by spending some time alone. And one thing, too, with extroversion, introversion, that's very interesting to me, is, and something I realized too recently with the ADHD thing, is people with, introverted people tend to have lower energy thresholds Yeah, uh sorry. Introverted people tend to have lower energy thresholds and while as extroverted people have higher energy thresholds. And it makes sense because if you are an introvert, you don't need as much energy. When you're by yourself, you don't consume the same energy that you do when you're surrounded by other stimulus, other people, you know. So, it makes sense. It's it's kind of ironic and interesting. Uh, but my score is 40%. Out of 100. Average is 51. And so, yeah. I'm, I'm introverted. That's pretty obvious now. <laughs> I am somewhat ambiverted. But I'm much more introverted than I used to be. Um, highly extroverted people are outgoing, energetic, and friendly. Introverted people are reserved, calm, and low-key. People high in extroversion are enthusiastic, energetic, excitable, friendly, and gregarious. While... People low in extroversion are reserved, calm, aloof. Haha, <laughs> I like that word, and it's very fitting. Introspective and quiet. Agreeableness is the fourth aspect. Agreeableness describes an individual's tendency to put the needs of others ahead of their own. Highly agreeable people are most are mostly concerned with getting along with others. People low in agreeable are mostly concerned with serving their own interests. I am 67% agreeable, which is slightly above average at 63. People high in agreeableness are accommodating, helpful, sympathetic, selfless and altruistic. People low in agreeableness competitive, argumentative, self-interested, rational and brash. The fifth and final aspect is neuroticism. Neuroticism describes an individual's response to stress. Highly neurotic people are susceptible to anxiety, depression, anger, and other negative emotions. When subjected to stressful conditions, people with low neuroticism resist stress and tend not to experience many negative emotions. I feel like a lot of INFJ would have a tendency to be pretty heavy in neuroticism as well as anyone who struggles with depression in general. Um, At the same time, yeah, I feel like neuroticism in the nature versus nurture discussion is really based off of like very severely off of upbringing, the environment you are raised in not just immediate environment like around your family but also how people outside of your family were to you. And I feel like people with high neuroticism tend to have had a very traumatic to put it simply traumatic child upbringing uh childhood. People didn't respond to them very well. For what for there's countless reasons. Um, but yeah, whereas people with low, like, I feel like to have low neuroticism, like you had to have had a pretty like good movie quality childhood and I envy you. <laughs> um, but my score is 62.5% Uh where average is 54 highly neurotic people struggle with negative emotion. They frequently feel feel anger, sadness, anxiety, self-consciousness, and other difficult feelings. People who are low are resilient and do not react easy to stress. They experience few negative emotions and cope well when life is difficult. Uh, They they easily overcome stressful situations and get back on track. They are not often sad, angry, or depressed and generally feel confident in themselves. At the same time, I feel like people who normally deal with stress, sadness, and anger, therefore high in neuroticism, would be better at regularly handling it, ideally, as opposed to people who don't normally get bothered by it, but when it is does hit, it's pretty intense, and therefore less easy to handle. Um, but I'm not sure. That's just my, my why. Uh, something I'll have to dive into and maybe someone and maybe a listener can or listeners can give me some feedback on that and their ideas um this reminds me too of a conversation i had earlier today or there was a point and give me a second i don't remember what it was so um if i may continue people high in neuroticism are vulnerable unstable (laughs) thing uh anxious moody and self-conscious people low are stable resilient optimistic self-confident and carefree oh i remember what it was and it's because of the neuroticism um and the statement that they experience few emotions few negative emotions and i used to feel like people who like almost never experience negative emotions like the people who are like happy all the time like they annoy me so much like literally like they would just get under my skin and my grandmother was this way and um you know i love her (laughs) and i appreciate her but for me it's like it makes them hard to trust it's like like no like nobody has life that easy that you're not damaged basically like it's my own inner trauma talking (laughs) my own inner damage talking and like it's crazy to to realize it's funny ironic but yeah um but i guess with this explanation no it 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 actually is a realistic thing it's reasonable that someone does not experience many negative emotions Core pattern this circumplex describes the essential role you take on approaching the world. This role is a reflection of your core values, motivations and and motivations, as well as the way you think about things. So the top circumplex, it's like a it's like a sphere, but instead of like percentiles, it's broken down into sections and depending on how um, how much uh, that section relates correlates to me the section's bigger than than others so one's really small one's really big and the others are in between so the biggest one let me start with the smallest one the smallest one or the lowest is logical mechanic logical mechanic <coughs> ensures accuracy sorry my dog's in the background barking Logical Mechanic ensures accuracy and efficiency in logical systems. Uses proven methods to accomplish real-world goals. My second lowest is Practical Caretaker. Helps other people in practical everyday ways. Uses established institutions to maintain stability and security. And yeah, those two aren't really, don't correlate very well with me. Uh, Analytical Thinker is my... is the second from the top. (laughs) I don't know how to say it. Uh, Solves logical problems with rational, complex analysis. Thinks about innovative ways to improve systems. And that sounded like the end. It wasn't the end, but that's the end of it. (laughs) And the largest um, piece of the pie is empathetic idealist. Uses insight and creativity to help others. Thinks about how the world could be better and more, and a more beautiful place. And this is very uh, relatable. Intrapersonal pattern. This circumplex describes the style you use in relating to others. The style governs the way you socialize and develop relationships. Those four are, starting with my weakest, commanding leader. Yikes! No, just kidding. Uh, takes command of situations with blunt, dominant style. Likes to be in charge. That's not me. But in reading, um, out of curiosity and the popul- because of the popularity of it, my zodiac, I did uh, this little app uh, a while back. But you put in the date, your you know your birthday and the time and all this kind of thing, and it gives you like. I'm not really into it like that. Like, I know my zo- my main Zodiac, so I guess my sun. Um, and then, but there's like the moon and all the other planets and the rising and all this. But I was looking at it and with some friends and going over the results. And one of them said, I'm power hungry. And I was like, I guess that's true. But at the same time, it's not that. it's not that driving of a force, I don't think. But it made me question myself you know unironically but you know seeing my weakest here is a commanding leader then uh, you know i guess i was right (laughs) on point um anyways like i said i don't give it that much credit anyways it's just uh curiosity um so the second lowest is a aloof thinker maintains independence and distance from others selective about relationships all of these are pretty like are relatively close in size so as opposed to the initial where they were very different in size the lowest two were very small and the upper two were one was maxed out in the circle and one's two away so to give a sort of a visual this one they all start around the middle of the circle so they're all middle ground so I guess that too means that I'm a little more of a commanding leader than than I could be, you know. Uh, even though it's my weakest, I'm still decent. Inter- basically, I have decent interpersonal skills. This is just the one that I pull out least often. Um, but it's middle, you know, low middle ground. So if I need to, I can. Uh, and then aloof thinker is just over middle ground. Uh, maintain independence and distance from others that's that's accurate i do that like that when circumstances call for it um then the third or well i guess the second largest is social butterfly is friendly and amiable loves people and approaches them without hesitation e- circumstance if i'm feeling good about my, if i'm in a good place in life yes if i'm not no And then the largest is sympathetic ear. Gentle and kind. Tends to be quiet and appreciate close, supportive relationships. And ignore the man behind the curtain if you can hear him. Sorry about that. (laughs) Or the woman. Correction. But hey. Uh, Then there's social pattern. Uh, This circumplex describes how you position yourself in relationships to social groups. Your pattern shows how you feel you fit in within the larger scale of society this one great strong variances the lowest two are very small and then the largest two are very big one is maxed out the top one's maxed out so the lowest is easy belonging feels the sense of belonging in social circles enjoys being around surrounded by similar people and fitting in easily finds commonality with others and that's very accurate this thing is very small uh like there's like there's rings so this one's at like uh one and a half rings (laughs) so yeah it's very small and yes i do not feel that i belong easily anywhere uh struggle of an INFJ for sure and a type 4 uh so yeah it's fitting the next largest, which is one, two, three, like three, uh, three, uh, three rows out. Safety in numbers, seeks stability and belonging, wants to feel similar to others to ease anxiety, takes comfort in traditional institutions. And that's very accurate, too. Like, neither of those am I very. Yeah, I don't fit the large scale of society. Never have. So not surprising the second largest is gleeful rebellion very accurate enjoys a feeling of uniqueness embraces alternative cultures and takes pleasure in being different like showing individuality and very accurate that's like one away from maxed actually one and a half ma- away from maxed and my maxed out one the top one is anxious alienation feels the sense of being uncomfortably different rarely meets others with common interests often feels alienated and excluded from society and this is very true and i'm sure getting to know me like it's obvious like how like what like it's obvious that it's obvious like you know um and it is what it is like you know it but it's true and it's just another facet of what makes me me and um but it's also why when i do meet people that connect and like the with the responses that i've gotten from my podcast thus far. Like I appreciate it so intensely. And another disturbance. A uh, phone call. Sorry I'm doing this late in the evening. So everyone's home. And there's a lot going on. And I'm, I'm wrapping up. So uh, thank you for your patience. The next is communication pattern. And that goes without saying. Pretty much we understand. Um, Again this one. The lowest two are very small. And the largest two are exactly the same as the previous, so very big. Um, Communication. Open lines is my lowest. Freely communicates to keep everyone informed. Recounts events. Yeah, that's the privacy showing. Shares information and and compares experiences with others. Yeah, not frequently at all. Um, Number two lowest. Concise facts. Communicates when necessary. To convey specific information. Dislikes talking for the sake of talking keeps discussions to essential facts i don't know and that's the lowest of the two as far as communication i guess that's well no that's true because i do have a tendency to overshare which is a natural infj tendency as well as well as other types like i my i'm just always reflecting infj but i really like understanding and getting to know other types as well so this is just all kind of a getting to know me and in the future i look forward to kind of Diving into other people, other types, other subjects. So um, please enjoy this while while it lasts. Uh, Second largest is shared vision. Enjoys expressing ideas and visions. Loves to brainstorm and discuss possibilities. Tends to focus on future goals and abstract ideas. Fitting. And the last and largest is thoughtful insights. Thinks deeply before speaking. Yes. Thoughtfully shares insights once they have been carefully considered. Tends to focus on interpretations that's so true especially in like a lot of my friendships like close friendships i'll think deeply about stuff and then just randomly one day you know open up about it and share it it hits me you know in the moment and they're like wow uh, you know a lot of my friends like my few friends like they love that about me and i love that they love that about me you know I, i i really value that someone actually appreciates it because I can see how it would also be seen as pretty weird. (laughs) Emotional pattern. uh, This circumplex describes, of course, emotional experience. Pattern of emotional experience. So this one, they all start around halfway. uh, Halfway to max. So they're all relatively close to one another. um, And pretty heavy. Uh, But obviously, yeah, I'm an emotional person. Who'd have thought? It's expressed clearly through my mere voice. Um, but my lowest is mostly sunny, (laughs) low energy threshold, not the brightest of the bunch. As far as, uh, (laughs) as far as emotional brightness, uh, not intelligence clearly, but anyways, uh, tends to be most happy and tends to be mostly happy and content shrugs off stress and easily finds things to look forward to. Most emotional experiences are positive my second smallest it's very close to be honest i can't really v- yeah very close between full spectrum and even keel uh full spectrum is slightly l- no uh let me go even keel is the second to lowest but very close um with the other and even kill it mostly calm and placid experiencing few emotional spikes is rarely ever very happy or very sad. Emotions do not play a very large role in part of experience. that's so true, and it's really weird to a lot of people as well. I love new experiences as I brought up. I want new experiences as often as possible with some stability of of course in between, but that's I crave it. At the same time, my emotional expression and my emotional experience during these new experiences is usually very placid and very straightforward and even keel, <laughs> as it says. So that's very that's very accurate for me, and uh, especially externally, I externally and and you that'll be shown too in this next one which is full spectrum feels a full range of emotions from bursts of pure joy to the deepest sadness mood changes easily and emotions are a central part of life so the even keel kind of goes more along the lines of my outward expression of emotion my outward expression of emotion tends to be very even keel even in environments where i'm happy or very sad however internally On the full spectrum of emotion i do feel a lot of emotion and i think a lot of infj can relate to that and uh yeah the normally no for sure like the majority of emotion that i feel is not displayed through my outward self for lack of better terminology most and then the highest (laughs) is mostly gloomy so the opposite of mostly sunny tends to be somewhat glum rarely feels strong positive emotions like joy or excitement and easily becomes anxious, sad or angry. And yes, that's true, but also understandable. Um, we got three more and I'll wrap it up. Then followed by those get back to my point. Wait. Okay. Motivation pattern. Uh, Describes how you get and stay motivated. Um, These are all between halfway to full and full. My lowest is carefree fun. Prefers to avoid responsibility and enjoy life. Tends to abandon difficult projects when alternatives appear. And feels little pressure to work. So, yeah, that's pretty accurate. That's going to be low for me. I mean, there's times for sure, but overall, no, I need some productivity in my life. Uh, Second lowest. These are two also very close ones that one's just a half way above the other. Uh, So the second is second lowest confident, confident drive, enjoys chasing goals and realizing successes, confident in potential to achieve, works hard and expects accomplishments. That's true. Uh, next is Scattered Anxiety, also very close in hand with Confident Drive. Has har- has a difficult time focusing on work and st- staying motivated. Tends to worry uh, about outcomes and have a hard time getting started. Also very accurate. Also part of a infamous INFJ cycle uh, as well as a ADHD cycle. So, makes sense. Anxious Diligence is my largest in this category highly motivated to achieve goals and avoid errors perfectionist tendency to overwork feels relief when projects are completed correctly this is yes <laughs> like i am very perfectionistic by nature and i do my best to not put it on other people but even still when i'm successful at not i mean i'm never perfect of course you know no one's perfect but when i'm successful at doing a job that i can at least feel good about normally that to me is better like normally a job that i can at least feel good about to me is like great to other people like it's to me it's good like i feel good about it you know it's not the best it could be better it can always be better um but it's not you know so it's good <laughs> Um, but it's good enough, you know, but and I've seen that like in school and all other and lots of facets of my life. And. Yeah, it's 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 a tough place to be. As a. Anxious, diligent. But moving on, if I may. Uh, next is productivity pattern uh, describes your style and approaching tasks and activities. Which tasks are most likely to attract your attention and effort? This one starts like really small, still pretty small, medium, and then all the way. So the lowest is adaptable action. Wants to see quick results. Prefers straightforward, hands-on tasks that can be completed in a short time frame. Second lowest, reliable results. Does what is expected in an orderly, systematic manner. Wants to follow clear instructions to achieve corrections. That's true. It's it's about a little less than halfway, which is, it makes sense to me. Like, it it fits. You know, I I like structure and work, but not overly structured. I need freedom, especially in my own work, personally. I need freedom to play around and try things and experiment and grow. Uh, So, yeah. Uh, The second biggest is bright ideas. Most excited when exploring ideas and possibilities. Less interested in taking action. <laughs> Calling me out. Uh, like starting projects more than finishing them. True. But I also feel guilty anytime I start a project and don't finish it. So. Anyway. And the last, uh, the largest is Grand Plans. Has big, innovative ideas and formulates plans to put those ideas into action. Persistent in chasing even the most ambitious goals. Accurate. Rewards pattern. This one's interesting because uh, I hear a lot about reward pattern, um, and reward systems are a big struggle within the brain. it the do- dopamine reward system is the big is a big struggle in the brain of an a- in the mind of an ADHD sufferer. I don't know in someone with ADHD. This describes your attitude towards potential rewards that life has to offer. Money, attention, status, power, and achievement. Your pattern describes your interest in achieving these rewards and your style in pursuing them. My lowest. These are all like mid to full blown. So um, my lowest is dizzy, excitement, enthusiastic, but lacking in follow through. Impulsive and easily tempted by the promise of pleasure and attention from others. Hedonistic and distractible uh second lowest laid back has little need or ex- need for excitement or a- achievement pleasures are low-key and s- often passive i.e food reading television uninterested in pursuing status and money or attention it's not 100 percent. well obviously it's 50 F- basically 50 <laughs> um steady j- no that's the uh this second highest is focused ambition desires many things in life and willing to work hard to get them seeks fame and fortune, and is persistent in working to increase personal status and achievement. That's accurate. And steady drive, driven by a sense of duty, works towards goals out of a sense of responsibility rather than anticipation of rewards. Persistent even when work is unexciting. And I think that's kind of also points to, it just highlights the, what I said uh, previously about really liking Enneagram type ones. Uh, next is esteem pattern, similar to the above, about halfway to full, on all on all scales. Uh, s- describes your attitude toward yourself and others. Uh, your pattern reflects your esteem for yourself and for other people. My lowest. <clears throat> Take charge. Prefers to rely on own abilities sees self as more capable competent intelligent than average does what is needed without waiting for others and that's about halfway so that's pretty accurate like 50 percent of the time that's me for sure another 50 probably not the second is a uh, lone wolf second lowest sees people as fundamentally weak and untrustworthy that's kind of cold but yeah <laughs> interactions with others are often unpleasant I wouldn't say that. I just don't... Well... No, I wouldn't say most of them are unpleasant. Most of them are just... I feel apathy towards. They're... Unnoteworthy and unexciting and... Obligatory. More than anything. Interactions with others are often... Uh, sorry. Tends to suffer alone. Believing others will be of no help. I think more... In some ways, yes... But only through experience do I feel that. More so than that, though, it's a burden complex where I I am deathly afraid of being a burden to people. And that's more of why I don't ask others for help. And that concludes my short dive into my results from the Big Five report. So, um, yeah, like uh, both the Big Five the Enneagram, so um, I'll have to find my results on that, and I'll get into it one of these days as well, but I'll probably step, a, take a break from that, as the last two have been really long and in-depth, and uh, maybe do some lighter podcasts in the future, but uh, but yeah, I, it's very useful tools in, in understanding oneself, and um, I, for me, personally, it's finding that I'm not that the way that i am and the way that i think and the way that i feel is just there's nothing wrong with it it's just human kind of helps bring me down to down to earth while simultaneously encouraging me and lifting me up um and i hope that if you haven't and or if you even if you have that you you take these dives into to other tests and get to know yourself from a different perspective because the more perspectives you have the better understanding the better the more realistic the more encompassing your understanding of yourself is as with anyone and anything else and uh, I found that out through all these tests Uh, and I look forward to you know I hope that um, people will share you know share their results and with the community and uh, with me and we can dive more into other types and other ideas and other topics more um, on point and less generalized and less just about me in the future. But uh, thank you. Today's poem is a little longer than the last One second. I wrote this back in. Well, I s- I can't say I wrote it back then, but I I saved it in twenty fourteen. So it's been a while, um, as most of these that I'm sharing have been. But just to give you an idea, I haven't named any of them. I don't act like I don't know why I act like any of them have names. Maybe one or two have names, but <laughs> this is the poem for today. Don't draw me in, then push me away, or make me question who you'll be today. May my perception be clear of where we stand. For my mind continually wanders into wonderland, such joy to my day and comfort to my night hast thou recently brought within my sight, how I fall like a blunder, oh sorry how I fall like a boulder down a mountainous hill, daily asking and fantasizing if this could be real. How at your beauty and grace my eyes glaze! So brightly dost you shine, Whilst I sing your praise! How every second I spend in your presence Makes my heart and soul grow ever addicted to your essence! How foolish I feel, as I have times before, For letting these thoughts of hope, For letting in these thoughts of hope that melt my core!